Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. Exodus chapter 24, verse 7. Then Moses took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of all the people, And they said, all that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. The emphasis I want to focus on in this verse is, Moses read in the hearing of the people. We know they heard the book of the covenant because they told Moses, all the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, it's not possible to activate believing faith in Christ apart from hearing the Word of God. We have to hear the Word of God. You have to hear the gospel message in order to respond in faith, asking the Lord to come into your life and save you from your sins. Therefore, it was necessary after Jesus' departure to his Father by way of the cross, placed in his church training ministries, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, to train up the saints, that's you and me, for the work of ministry and to carry forth the gospel message throughout the world. That's why we witness to our family, friends, and co-workers by sharing our faith in Christ and the good news of the gospel to whoever and whenever we can. But if the people we are talking to have a hearing impediment or an obstruction, our spoken word won't be heard. Psalm 50, verse 17, you reject instruction and cast my words behind you. Why do people cast the Lord's words behind them? In Matthew chapter 13, verse 13, Jesus speaking, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. For the heart of this people have grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing. So this verse helps us understand the reason why they don't hear. It's a heart condition. The heart has grown dull or callous. In Luke chapter 8, verse 9, his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mysteries, or or the hidden truths, of the kingdom of God. But to the rest it is given in parables that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Jesus then goes on to explain the parable of the sower. In verse 11, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the one on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these having no root, believe for a while, and in time of temptation or testing, fall away. Now the one that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and the pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the one that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word, with a noble and good heart, Keep it and bear fruit with patience. Jesus is teaching us four different heart conditions that can affect hearing. The first, the wayside. Second, the rock. 
third, the thorns, and fourth, good ground. This parable tells us those by the wayside heard the word of God, and those on the rock heard the word of God. Those among the thorns heard the word of God, and those on the good ground also heard the word of God. All four received the seed, the word of God, sown in their hearts. But the interesting thing is all four produced different results. This proverb offers the most profound insight I have discovered in the Bible on the human heart condition in God's presence. As an example, in verse 12 of this parable, those by the wayside, Jesus tells us the devil comes and takes the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. It doesn't say the devil comes and takes the word out of their head or their brain. He actually takes it out of their heart. So how does Satan do this? If the seed, the word sown in our heart, doesn't quickly germinate, sink down, and go deeper, taking root, but just lays on the untilled hard surface, this provides the opportunity for Satan to come along and take it away. This is why we keep sharing the gospel to the same people over and over again, praying one day the seed will germinate, sink down into their heart before Satan gets a chance to take it away. The problem is not with the seed, but rather a heart of unbelief. Luke chapter 8 verse 13, Jesus said, those having heard the word with a noble and good heart keep it. So then keeping our heart noble means tender soft, tilled, and prepared, ready to receive the seed of the word every day is crucial. Proverbs 4.23 tells us, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. The parable of the sower tells us the seed sowed by the wayside relates to salvation. It states, lest they should believe and be saved. However, I want to caution us, once we're saved, if we neglect to maintain a prepared heart to receive seed, but become offended by the word and harden our heart through unbelief, the fresh seed being sown by God will not be able to germinate and take root, allowing Satan the opportunity to move in and snatch it up. This is why the psalmist tells us, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. In Exodus 24, verse 7, Then Moses took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people, and they said, All that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. Were they obedient to the book of the covenant? Well, let's take a look. If we move forward eight chapters in Exodus, we come to chapter 32. Verse 1, Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molden calf of gold. Did you notice what they're breaking off? Earrings from off their ears. 
What's also interesting is Aaron said, break off the golden earrings and bring them to me. Aaron didn't make the calf from his own resources. He made it from what the people brought to him. Studying this event, I realized people's behavior hasn't changed much from back in the day of the Exodus. If you throw enough gold at somebody's feet, they'll pretty much do whatever you want them to do. In Exodus 32, starting in verse 21, this is after the calf incident, and Moses finally comes down from the mountain. Moses said to Aaron, What did this people do to you that you have brought so great a sin upon them? So Aaron said, Don't let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people that they are set on evil. For they said to me, Make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's become of him. And I said to them, whoever has any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me, and I cast it in the fire, and this calf came out. Did you notice Aaron's versions of this event to Moses? He leaves something out, what was recorded in chapter 32, verse 4. Aaron fashioned the calf with an engraving tool. Aaron's trying to weasel his way out of any responsibility and deflecting all the blame on the people. Essentially, he's telling Moses, the people made me do it and this calf just came out. Don't blame me. Moses represents a type of Christ in the Old Testament. As believers, one day we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, answering for what we have allowed in our life and his church as leaders. Just like Aaron was that day before Moses, Moses asked him, What did this people do to you to bring this great sin upon them? Well, we're all looking forward to going to heaven and living with Jesus and the Father. But remember, we first have to stand at the judgment seat of Christ for a life review. In Jeremiah chapter 2, starting in verse 5, the Lord said to the residents of Jerusalem, What injustice have your fathers found in me, that they have gone far from me and have followed idols and have become idolaters? Jump to verse 8. The priests did not say, Where is the Lord? And those who handle the law did not know me. The rulers also transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit. God is telling us walking after idols won't profit us. An idol is anything in our life affecting our spiritual progress, attempting to displace or dethrone the Lord Jesus from our heart. Idols take many forms and shapes. They are as varied as people's lustful desires and selfish ambitions. We all had them, or maybe still have them, and we've all made them. Many times we're not aware our idol is harming us. But in the Lord, we must be willing to remove them when he brings them to our attention. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Paul's writing to Timothy about the great coming apostasy. Now the Spirit. When Paul uses that phrase, now the Spirit, in his letters, our spiritual antennas should be pulled all the way up for a clear reception. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies. 
I don't know about you, but I believe we're living in the latter times, the Apostle Paul was warning about. Some today are departing from the faith, and some are following another Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. Here the Apostle Paul is exhorting Timothy to focus on three primary things concerning his life. Take heed to yourself and to your doctrine and continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. By this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. The writer to the Hebrews is telling them, you should be further along, but you still need someone to teach you again from the beginning the first principles of God. Apparently, what they were hearing and learning wasn't taking root in their heart. In grade school, sometimes a student is held back because they have a learning disability, and it's discouraging for the student being kept back. His classmates are going up a grade to the next level, and they're not. They have to repeat that level over again from the beginning. God loves you and me enough, like this student, to keep us back for our own good. Otherwise, if we did advance to a higher level without the required knowledge needed to pass that grade, we won't understand what he desires to teach us at the next level. In Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 14, in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing. What does it mean when our hearts have grown dull and our ears are hard of hearing? It indicates being weary of hearing the gospel over and over again. It's when you're no longer interested. You're bored with it all. The word of God no longer touches your heart. You actually want to avoid it. If that's the case, maybe it's time for a hearing test. The Apostle Paul exhorts the saints in Corinth, it's found in 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. So here are a few test questions. Are we listening for the Word of God? Are we still inspired by the Word of God? Are we still interested in the things of the Lord? Are we willing to hear about him over and over again? Is the word of God still making the necessary separation between our soul and spirit? If your answers to these questions are yes, then you pass the hearing test. If your answers are no, then your ears are dull and you have failed the test. I believe it's much better if we get these things worked out this side of heaven so when we do stand before the Lord, we're not shocked by what he has to say to us. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you would like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow or subscribe button. Donations to A Present Word in any amount are greatly appreciated. Just click the support link or the heart button if you're on our website. To contact me, the email is apresentword at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.